Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. As in a previous episode, in this episode, we're going to play for you a mock sidewalk counseling session, and then we're going to talk through some of the principles in this session that will help equip you to do sidewalk counseling. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And as always, we encourage you guys to share this podcast, reach out to other folks who you think would be blessed by this episode of the podcast and just the podcast in general. We produce a lot of episodes really focused on sidewalk outreach and uh, focused on the ministry in front of abortion centers, but other other aspects of ministry as well. But uh, we, we think that these are an encouragement we put up little bit of energy into these podcasts. And I think we, we put a lot into it, a lot of thought, a lot of prayer. And, uh, and I think this episode will be no different as, as you know, past episodes, we've gotten a lot of good feedback, especially the episode we did a couple of weeks ago. That was, um, basically you and I, Vicki doing a mock session yes. of, uh, sidewalk counseling, kind of going back and forth. A yeah. lot of people were blessed by that, so yeah. we're we're going to go on that same vein with this episode right. and actually play for you guys a mock session of Vicky and one of our local sidewalk counselors here, Maddie, and they did this actually in front of the abortion center. We set up a camera, and we did this actually for training purposes. We ha- kind of have this woven into our 101 training where we look at this, this conversation that you and Maddie have, mm-hmm. and... uh and we say, hey, this is this is a good model for a conversation with a mom. And and Maddie said herself she was kind of scared. We kind of sprung it on her at the last minute. Can you do this? And I think the Lord used that really because the moms that you encounter at the abortion center they're scared, right? Right. It was it was actually very realistic. I really felt like I was counseling a mom. I I kind of lost sight of the fact that I was um, doing a training video. It it felt like a real counseling session because yeah. we hadn't rehearsed it, we hadn't practiced it. We had just a general idea of what the common obstacles were that that Maddie was pretending to face. Yeah. And then how I would counsel. Yeah. I mean, really, she did an amazing she job. Did. When I watched the video, just kind of editing through it, which I didn't really edit anything out of it. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, she yeah. she really has. She's been out there a lot. Yeah, that's evident. So she knows some of the things that the women say. Right, that are going into the abortion center, and uh, I think she really conveyed some of the things that we experience out there on the sidewalk. I'm out. Halfway through it, I was almost convinced, okay, is Maddie considering an abortion maybe <laughs> or something? She did a really good job. Yeah. So we're going to play that for you guys, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to kind of critique that. We're going to say, hey, what went good with this mock session? What could have gone gone better? Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it to help train and equip you guys, to help right. encourage you guys. Yeah. And also, to just put out there that we know we're not perfect. Vicky yeah. is probably, I've told people... <laughs> The best sidewalk counselor that has ever existed in the history of forever. <laughs> and so yet Vicky sweet. doesn't implement things perfectly. Right. Right. So we're going to yeah. make Vicky feel really bad by critiquing. <laughs> we just had an episode. What was our last episode about dealing with dealing uh, with criticism? criticism. That's so right. we're going to so criticize. I know how to deal with it now. Yeah. I can so handle you, it. Whatever you throw at me, it's all right. That's right. Yep. So we're going to criticize Vicky. 
And really, what we're going to find is that Vicky did a phenomenal job, <laughs> and that Maddie did a f- phenomenal job. Yeah. And uh, you guys are going to be blessed just to listen through this mock sidewalk counseling session. Mm-hmm. Hey there. My name is Vicky. My name and number is on the back of this information. Are you headed to the Women's Center here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know how far along you are? Um, I think about seven weeks. About seven weeks. Okay, you know at seven weeks that your child already has a beating heart and even has detectable brain waves. So um, we're here offering hope and help, really, no matter what your situation is. But but tell me, what what is like the main reason that you feel like you need to come and think about aborting your child? Well, I feel like there's a lot of reasons, but I just don't have enough money. I don't have what I need. Okay, you um, don't have enough have money. Baby. All right, well, so enough money. You know what? Honestly, I think that probably every mother who's about to have a child really feels that way. I know I did. There's just really never enough money. And the things that a baby needs, is, is this your first child? Actually, it's not. I, I have a seven-month-old. Ooh, okay. So you've got a seven-month-old. Is that yeah. one of the other reasons? Yeah. Okay. So a couple things here. Um, for First of all, that, um, you know, yeah, those babies are close together. And that's probably really, you're probably struggling even just thinking, how am I going to take care of the one and take care of the other? Um, but, but first of all, just in terms of having enough money, we come with all kinds of resources that can help, even including a mentorship program where we can have a mom that'll been through this. We, we try to connect you with people who are in the same situation as you've been that can walk, walk through this with you. Um, but also they provide a baby shower that will give like two full years of what your child will need. And, and we have local pregnancy resource centers that will actually provide a lot of the needs of, of your child. Um, one of the other things is just when you're thinking about not having enough money, sometimes you forget about some of the ways that that you can save money. Like for example, there's the WIC program. I don't know if you know about that, but mm-hmm. where you know you can get formula and supplies for your child for free. There's food pantries and every everywhere that you save money in one place, you know, can go towards the money that you might need towards rent or something else. But the second thing that you said is um, your babies are really close together, and I, I get that. How so? Your other one is seven months old. You said yeah, seven months old, and this one is is six weeks in the womb. Yes, but maybe. you know the love of a child, right? You you yeah. got that seven month old, and would you send that seven month old back? Oh, absolutely, not. absolutely not. So so you love that child, and I guarantee you that that you bring the baby in your womb to term, you will have that same love. For, for that little baby, but I know they're close together. I know you probably are feeling already overwhelmed. I mean, a seven-month-old is, is they're busy, and yeah, it's, and it's I, a lot. I don't get, like, sleep, and, like, right. with work and stuff, it's yeah. just, it just seems, like, not manageable right. to have right. another one. Yeah, yeah, so let me ask you, um, when do you think that that little baby in your womb became a baby? Is it a baby? I don't know. I guess I don't really know. I guess I just feel like it's not a real baby until it's born. Okay. And and is that how you felt about your other baby? I guess so. Okay. Not until that baby is born. So a minute before that child's birth, you didn't really feel that that was a baby? Well, I guess I just feel that because it was 
um, detached to me that it wasn't actually a baby okay. by itself. Okay, so right now that seven-month-old, if you put that seven-month-old in her crib and left the room for three weeks, would that seven-month-old be alive when you came back? Mm, not no, unless... No. Right, right. So someone, someone is... All, all of us are dependent for, for quite some time period as a human being. And that's kind of what you're saying, that that, seven, that little baby inside your womb is attached to you. Well, in a sense, so is your seven-month-old. But let me ask you, do you believe in God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in God. Okay. Do you believe in Jesus? Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is he your Lord? Do you think of him as Lord? I mean, I guess so. Okay. He's Lord. Okay. So um, what do you think that God would have you do because that little baby in, in God's eyes the Bible says that that baby is the same as a born baby God uses the same word brephos is the word in the New Testament for a born baby and an unborn baby and you probably know the sixth commandment if if you know your Bible at all but do you, do you I, know that I don't know it off but the top of my the head sixth but... commandment is, is thou shalt not murder and and murder is a word that is reserved for human beings is is that baby human in your womb i guess i guess it, I'm, yeah it's not like a crocodile or anything right right it, it's, it's a, a human it's being a yeah when do you think it became a human being i guess it's always been a human right yeah yeah that's logical it's... from the moment of conception and so um the bible tells us jesus tells us that we are to obey the commandments and in fact he says why do you call me lord lord and not do what i say so he wants us to obey the commandments one of those commandments is thou shalt not murder so you've got two babies close together one born one unborn and and you're feeling really really overwhelmed but um but is that a reason to kill one? You, I assume you would not go and kill your seven-month-old. No, I wouldn't. I just, yeah. I just feel that if God is loving, then he'll, he'll forgive me. Mm. I don't feel like this is something God wants me to do necessarily. Okay. So do you think that God made a mistake? No, but okay. maybe I did. Okay. Who created life? Who creates all life? God. God. So... If God doesn't make mistakes and God's the creator of life, then that child is not a mistake, logically, right? That child is alive. That child has a beating heart, you know, brain waves at six weeks, um, already arms, legs, a head, a spine, um, beginning fingers and toes, every organ in the next week of this child's life in your womb, every organ will be in place. So if God doesn't make mistakes, and if he's the creator of life, and he says thou shalt not murder, he's kind of giving you um, really what he would have you do, right? What, what do you think that God would have you do? He would have me to keep my baby. He would have you keep that baby, right? How is, does the dad know about this child? Yeah, he basically said that if I don't have an abortion, then he's leaving, so. So we're he's kind of coercing you. Me he's out. pressuring you and he's kicking you out. Okay, yeah. so first of all, you do know, or maybe you don't know, but coercion is illegal. He, that, that he should not do that. It is against the law for someone to coerce someone to abort. But did you know that most couples, I think the percentage in the, the last article I read was 67% of couples who have abortion in their history together end up separating anyway. But I also want you to ask yourself, 
This man is asking you to kill the child you and he conceived together. Is that someone you really want to be with? I mean, we've just, it's, it's just, we've been together for so long and he, I live with him and yeah. I don't want things to end that way. Yeah, yeah. Remember that the, the man is probably as scared and shocked as you were when you first saw that pregnancy test. And some men do come around, but I think it's so important to think about if a father is asking a mother, kill our child, what does that say about um, his love and care for you, right? Yeah. yeah. So is there any, any conflict in your heart about taking that child's life? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me let me tell you, we have many resources that can help you. Right over there, we have a mobile ultrasound unit, um, and we can take you on right away and show you your baby's beating heart. Would you be willing to continue to talk with me on there, and I'll share more resources, and we'll talk about some very um, concrete solutions for some of these issues that you face? Would that be okay? Yeah, I think I would like that. Great. All right. I'll take you over there right now. Thank you. All right. Well, we're back. We hope that was a blessing to you guys. We hope you kind of entered into that conversation as you were listening through. And uh, there is actually a video of that out. Mm -hmm. When this episode um, goes live, there should be an article out on our Sidewalks for Life website. And you guys can check that out within that article on the Sidewalks for Life website. There will be a link to the YouTube video. So if you wanted to watch that, you certainly could. Um but we're going we're gonna to look at that conversation. Yeah, we're going to kind of summarize some of the main points. Yeah. Because I, I think it's important to, uh, to really verbalize what the flow of that conversation was uh -huh. because it was very typical. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think is really important that mm -hmm. you did mm -hmm. right away is you introduced yourself. Yeah. Because this is relationship building. We're trying to build trust with that young lady. And one of the ways that we do that is by introducing ourselves, kind of tearing down those walls. You right. know, I'm, so, I'm not some yeah. raven lunatic, some protester right. or whatever, but I'm Vicky. I'm yeah. here to offer you help. Yeah. And then the gentleness that you come across in, obviously, that's that's very important because we don't want to come out of the gate right out, you know, right off the bat. Don't murder your baby and just kind of go right. into you know, frantic mode where we kind of scare them away. Yeah. So coming across with gentleness. Yeah. Now, I will offer – now, we, we've talked about this. Uh -huh. So let's talk about this just for a second because you introduced yourself. Right. But in that video, I don't remember you asking her what her name was. I don't think I ever did until maybe at the end. I, I honestly don't remember. But I, I did not at the beginning. And – um. I often do not. Yeah. And we have mentioned that, I think, in the last podcast, maybe. But the reason I do not is that quite often I have found when I do, if it, if I ask immediately, they they instantly hackles go up, suspicion goes up. They they don't want to give me personal information. They're yeah. there to kill their baby. They're mostly ashamed. Many are coming from hours away. Uh, so that their identity won't be revealed. So they have no idea what I'm going to do with that information. And uh, I purposely don't 
re- don't ask them their name on oftentimes until at the very end. Sometimes not at all. Usually by the time I I get to the end and I'm if they're going to go on the RV, I'll ask them. Yeah. Or right before praying, I'll because I want to use their name in prayer if they're yeah. willing to let me pray for them. But I know you do sometimes uh, do ask their name yeah. right away. Yeah, so. I mostly don't right away though either okay. for the same reason you said now. Yeah. It just depends. It depends on if I can perceive that they're soft-hearted and they're being relational. Yeah. Then I will go ahead and ask their name. Yeah. But mostly, if they're if there's kind of that wall up. Yeah. I want to try to do everything I can to keep that conversation going, and so I don't want to shut the conversation down by asking them personal information too quickly. Right. And I will, like you said, if I'm if I've kind of given them everything I possibly can, I normally will kind of I guess close the deal. I don't know how else to say it, but kind of wrap the conversation up with prayer. And I will ask them for their name. Can I pray for you? And then I will right. use their name. Right. Um, so I think one of the points here with any of these conversations is you've got to be walking with God. You've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You've got to do the best you can to yield to the Holy Spirit. Him, Let him speak through you. And if you ask their name you know, right away, God can use that. I yeah. springboard off of that like we kind of did in our mock session when you said your name was Faith right. back a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. I use that in my counseling. Do you yeah. have faith? You know, that there's a God that you can put your faith in. Right. Right. So yeah. as a general rule, I think you, you want to be as relational as possible. And sometimes that means – it always means you sharing what your name is. You always do that. Yeah. But asking them what their name is. Yeah. You maybe want to read the situation a little better. Yeah, and at the moment that I asked her her name, and this is just second nature now, but it's a very important point. I'm extending my hand with the literature in it to her to to take yeah. from me. You mean when you shared your name? As as I'm saying, hi, I'm Vicky. As I'm saying that my arm is going out and, and I'm offering the information yeah. to her right away. Yeah. Now, one of the next things that you did in that counseling session— Mm-hmm. Is you ask her how far along she right. was. Now, we just talked about not getting too personal yeah. because that can shut the conversation down. Yeah. But there does need to be a basis for the conversation. So yes. you do got to get into some personal stuff. Yeah. So asking them how far along they are. And you'd be surprised, actually, of how like easily they would give you this information. Yeah. Well, I think I'm eight weeks along or whatever. Yeah. Or if they say they don't know, then we, uh, I'll instantly say something along the lines of, well, we can tell you. We yeah. can take you right now on our, our free mobile ultrasound unit and, yeah. and tell you how far along you are. What is one of the important reasons, though, to know that information? Well, the most important for me is that then I can actually recite developmental facts about uh, what is happening in that child. Because most of them are at least five weeks. If they've missed their period, at least five weeks. And I've got memorized the key developmental facts of the first really 20 weeks, but certainly of the first nine weeks. And so I can recite back, I think I did in the video, immediately start to tell some of the basic developmental facts. The heart's beating already if you've missed your period. By six weeks, brain brain waves are detectable. By eight weeks, every organ in place. Those are three really key developmental facts. And when you do that, you are instantly humanizing the child right. and showing that this is not just a blob of cells. And most of the women don't know. Yeah. No matter what the so-called pro-choice people say, they do not know that the baby is that developed that early yeah. on. So I know one important. of the things that I find in my conversations is 
when I ask a woman how far along she is, you know, a lot of times they'll tell me right out, you know, I'm nine weeks, I'm eight weeks, I'm Mm -hmm. 10 weeks or whatever. But also a lot of times I'll find that they're actually dating themselves as early as possible. So they might say, well, I'm I'm two weeks or I'm three weeks. Like, well, probably not the case, actually. As As you drill down into it, you find that they've actually dated themselves as early as possible because of the guilt factor, because they figure, right. well, if I'm if I'm four weeks, this guy that's talking to me is not going to judge me yeah. for coming here or yeah. whatever, because it's not yet a baby. And so yeah. date themselves as early as possible so that they can say, well, it's not really a baby. Yeah. And usually what I do when I hear that two or three weeks is I ask, oh, wow, um, you know, you're probably further along. Uh, what was the last the first day of your last period, I'll outright ask them that. Yeah. And I've gotten pretty good at calculating then how f- how far they al- are actually along. And it's almost always five weeks is yeah. almost always the earliest. On rare occasion, there's someone that, that truly is only about four weeks yeah. along. Well, I always will go because I'm not going to drill into that. Right. You may not as, as, a <laughs> as a man, right? But I will go to the fact that well, at the moment of conception, your baby's uh, got unique DNA. Is a unique yeah. individual. Yeah. And at just 18, 21 days, your baby's heart began to beat. So even if you're right. that early along, then your baby is still a human being. Yeah. So I go right to that. Yeah. And that that's a key point to be able to to mention. And then then I think I moved into offering just general help. I don't yet know everything she's facing. Uh, just a general statement. Hey, yeah. we have hope and help for you. No matter what you face, we, we can help you. I'm really glad you stopped. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I think the next point that you got into, which I think is, it's one of the things I want to get right to as well as I'm in a conversation with a woman at the abortion center is what brought you here? Right. What are your main obstacles? Because I want to really find that there's, there's probably a bunch of stuff going on in her life. I would Mm -hmm. say relational stuff, financial stuff, health stuff, all these things that are going on. But there's, there's probably of all of those things. One major thing, kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Right. And I want to try to ask a question, and I'll frame it in a couple of different ways, but basically, why did you come here? Yeah. What is the thing that's going on in your life that makes you feel like abortion is an option for you? I'll ask it like that sometimes. Yeah. I'll ask it, you know, I'll maybe imply, are, are you struggling financially? Is that why you've come here? Yeah. Are you having an issue with your boyfriend? Is that why you've come here? So I'm going to ask it that way, but I want to try to really drill into, sometimes I've even asked the question, if we could take care, if I could promise you that we could take care of one thing that would keep you from going inside of that abortion center, what would that one thing be? Yeah. And I'll ask it like that. Yeah. And it really kind of brings to the surface, what is that struggle? What is that main issue that brought her there? And then when she shares that, I'll give a corresponding resource. Well, if that's the case, here's how we can help. Right. And one of the things that I did in the video, and I think is also in general a a good technique, counseling technique, is to restate what they've said. Yeah. Um, Reflect on what they've said. Say it in another way um, to make sure, first of all, you're making sure they know they've been heard. Yeah. They know you're you're not minimizing that obstacle. Um, But for them to hear it, from a, from you sometimes will help them to recognize oh maybe it's not as big a deal right as, as i as i thought it was but and then what you said give give a general solution um or specific solutions if you know if you have resources in your area that can specifically resolve that um whatever that obstacle is it it's important to 
to mention that then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the point is that you're telling them their circumstance is not beyond the help that you have. Right, right. right. Whatever that situation might be, yeah. there's help, there are resources. Yeah, and there's time times to let them talk and to restate what they're saying. And I, But I think there is also great value in asking a lot of questions. Yeah. First of all, you figure out what the true situation is. The more you ask questions, the more they divulge why they're really there. Yeah, absolutely. And what the what the root of that is. And so um and that is uh the Socratic method. It's a really good method of getting people talking yeah. and, and um and truly revealing issues yeah. is to ask a lot of questions. And one of the major points, of course, in asking a lot of questions mm-hmm. is getting a lot of answers mm-hmm. and listening Correct. to those answers. Yeah. Not just asking questions in such a way where you're getting their mouth moving and the right. motor running. Yeah. But you've got information that they're giving you to springboard off of. Yes. When you're asking these these various questions like what are the obstacles that you're facing? So right. make sure when you're asking questions, you're actually listening and you're not thinking about what's my next question going to be, right? Yeah, which is hard sometimes because be. you're on the spot. You do feel the urgency. You you should not really show that you're feeling that urgency. But there is the urgency that they may at any moment decide to zoom away. Yeah, um, I knew in this session she was going to stay till the end right. since it was a mock one. But in a real session, you never know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's why it's it's like a dance between the the counselor and the the woman in terms of that you're asking questions, but you also want to make sure that that they know that they've been heard. So restating it to show that they've been heard, and then springboarding off on onto the next question. In our area, what I did next is we do have a very well-established mentor program. Lots and lots of churches are connected, and we have a, a backlog of mentors, fortunately. That may not be true in every area, but I knew it was true in our area, so that as soon as um, I could, I mentioned that, that program and some of the um, – the things that that program, the resources that that program can provide or, or link them with. So um, you want to right away be giving them hope. Yeah. If they're there, they're hopeless. Yeah. No one shows up to an abortion center brimming with hope. So, right. yeah. so the way that we instill hope, obviously through the gospel, but also through help. Yeah. Through, through tangible. Yeah, and it goes along the lines of those three talking points that we always push. You know, what God says, yeah. humanity of the baby, and the resources that are available. Right. And a lot of times the, the conversation centers around, um, you know, the conversation about the Lord bringing God into the equation centers around the resources that are available. Yeah. And ultimately, at the end of the day, these resources that we have are there because of God, because right. of the provision yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. So. In these conversations, we're always bringing him into view, right, into the picture, because he's there anyway. They just don't acknowledge his presence a lot of right. times. And bring him in as early as you can, but not so um, – sometimes it's not the very first thing I'll yeah. say. Yeah. It, it's us- But it's usually within the first third of the conversation for sure. Yeah. That I want to mention, well, what would God have you do? Do you believe in God? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know one of the things that you never want to do, and which I think you obviously you do well in these conversations, is you never want to minimize people's struggles. Right. Yeah. Even sometimes as as ridiculous as those struggles might be, as ridiculous as some of the justifications might be. Yeah. 
in this situation, I mean, there were some there were some struggles for sure. And, and they I, were I was, common situations, by the way. Yeah. They were the four most common situations. That was the brief outline that we had given Maddie. These are going to be your issues, these four yeah. things. So I knew what her issues were going to be, but they are what we face the most often yeah. were the things that Maddie brought up. Yeah. I know my wife was telling me um, at one point she was counseling with a mom at the abortion center. And of the like most ridiculous reasons mm-hmm. to have an abortion, this was probably probably the most selfish and the mm-hmm. most ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And yet, you still have to hear hear these these things out and keep your composure and not say right. that's ridiculous, right? Because to them, obviously, it's not ridiculous, right? But you can kind of rephrase the 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 statement and help them to see how ridiculous it right. is. So, yes. for example, this young lady was you know, she didn't want to be pregnant because she was a stripper. And oh, it no. would hurt her business. It would hurt oh, hurt her ability to make money. And it's like you hear that and you realize, okay, this person is about to kill their child because they don't want their vocation to be affected. Right. How selfish and how ridiculous is that? But right. it's obviously a struggle to them. Yeah. And you know you got to meet people where they are. Now it doesn't yeah. mean you justify that and you, and you and you don't really focus on. The selfishness is wrapped up in that, but there's a way to phrase that. So what I'm basically saying is when someone, if someone says something that's so outlandish and so ridiculous, yeah, and you just say, that's ridiculous, you're going to shut the conversation down they, real that's quick. That's right. It's right? over. I have one. I, I can one-up you on this one. Okay. On, on that one, she, the woman told me that uh, she wanted to be able to fit into a bikini because beach weather was approaching. Yeah. And so... That's why yeah. she was having yeah, that, the abortion. That's, that's pretty bad. I mean, yeah. at least the stripper was trying to provide for her family. I guess. Um, but, but the bikini, there's nothing but selfish vanity that yeah. that is behind that. But um, and honestly, I I can't remember what what I responded. But um, I know I probably did try to say something like I I understand women feeling the need oftentimes exaggerated need to be beautiful before others. But listen, this is. A person's life, yeah, that we're talking about. So you can you can rephrase it in a way that isn't insulting, yeah, or too insulting. Yeah, I think you just them. again you have to be careful not to just marginalize their concerns or whatever, but bring them in view. Like take that concern and bring it in view in light of what's happening, right? right. So whatever yeah. that concern might be, you can bring it into the view of okay, well, you're about to kill a person because right. of this. Yeah, understand that. Yeah, and then also. Whatever those struggles are, God sees them and God knows them. Yeah. And he's concerned about them, obviously, the struggles and things like that. Now, he's not necessarily concerned about the stripper being able to continue to do what she wants to do. But he is concerned about the struggles and things um, and the pressure that those struggles bring to the point where a woman believes that abortion is is a way of escape for her. Right. So we need to bring the truth. Yeah. We need to bring the truth into that equation. You know, another example is... And and we did an episode about adoption and how to mention adoption. It was probably been a year ago, I would say. But it's an important subject because we get it all the time. Don't you mention adoption? We don't actually a lot mention adoption. And, right. and go back and listen to the episode. You can find out why we don't. It doesn't okay? We do mention adoption, but there's a time and a place for it. And when we do mention adoption, a lot of times though the reaction is, well, I can't give my baby to someone else. And so that's another like kind of ridiculous statement, right? Where you're you're in essence saying, so you're you're telling me you can't give your child to another couple that you choose, but you can kill them? 
Mm-hmm. Do you see how ridiculous that is? So when you hear that, though, my, my point is our reaction shouldn't be one of, well, that's ridiculous. It should be hear them out, process what they're saying, and then repeat it back to them in such a way, and we've done that before. So you're telling me that instead of giving this child life and placing that child with a couple that will love them and care for them, you would rather kill them. Right. And right. That's, that's, that's not poo-pooing their concern. Right. But it is showing them their concern in light of what's true. Right, and it's the yeah. same way in any, any of these conversations. They might have concerns and struggles, but we want to want to show them those struggles in light of the truth, in light of the fact that they're about to kill their child, right. and God has made provision for them. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so asking the questions that will will help them to understand what the issue really is, and oftentimes that's bringing them to that the issue truly is usually some sort of selfish, yeah, selfish reason. But you don't need to. You know, label it with that. You can help them to come to that conclusion. Yeah. But pretty early on, so bringing God into the equation, and I love um, uh, what I think at some point with with Maddie early on, um, I talked about when did that child become loved or valued by God. That was something that I started after you came up with your fail-safe pro-life argument, which is truly a good one. It's not fail safe because people do still go in and kill their baby yeah. after they hear it. But it is an argument that very few people can find a flaw with. Yeah. Um, so that's when did God start loving you? Yeah. And then working them through to, well, they, you know, the only thing that makes logical sense is from the moment of conception. Um, I often have people say, gee, I don't know. They've never thought about it. And that's, I think, a key um good counseling technique is to ask questions where you're provoking thought. Yeah. Because oftentimes no one has thought about that. Gee, when did God start loving me? Or when did my baby or me become valuable? And uh, those were questions that uh, Maddie was great at, like saying, gee, and saying, I I guess from the moment of conception, that is what I face. When, yeah, that's absolutely. often the response yeah. um, when when we ask that. Yeah, and I, I do want to mention here, because we talk about God, we bring God into the equation, mm-hmm. and bringing Scripture into view is really helpful. Mm-hmm. You know what the yeah. Bible says, asking yeah. that question, do you know what the Bible says about that? Yeah. What does the Bible say about yeah. your baby? What does the Bible say yeah. about your struggles? What does the yeah. Bible say about the resources that God has available? Right. And so bringing God into view, but also bringing Scripture in, and I, I don't I think you should probably have your Bible. That's one of the critiques I would give. Have your Bible right there and be able to point them to Scripture. Yeah. It's hard to do, again, especially if you're thumbing through your Bible and trying to find particular Scriptures. And we do have Scriptures within the literature. The literature has Scriptures there that you can point to. Um, But memorizing some Scripture, even maybe having your Bible right there at the ready and whip it out and show them, here's what the Bible says. I think it sometimes is helpful rather than just you repeating what the Scripture says. If you have the opportunity to open your Bible and show them, Here's what the Bible says. Would you, would you be willing to read that? Get yes. them to read Psalm yeah. 139, 13, and 14, yeah. Or, yeah. or some of the other passages that are really helpful. Yeah. And we do have uh, some wonderful counselors who have actually put tabs in their Bible specifically for sidewalk counseling, and you can get to those important scriptures right away. Um, I have... Uh, uh, poor vision with uh, with up close, so I'd have to yeah. either bring a big big Bible, and with all the other stuff that I I have, I can't. But I do have memorized um, the the most key important scripture, which was really hard for me because I have a terrible memory. But I I have memorized the the most important scripture. But I agree with you; it is better 
to actually show them in a Bible, to show I'm not just making this up, yeah. and and to flip to the page. There is power in in God's in God's word. Yeah, so. yeah. I know. So just you guys can't see because obviously we're doing audio, but we're going through actually. Um, just some points that we wanted to touch on in this flow of this mock session. And one of the points you have here is uh, talking about God will forgive me. Happens all the time. They say it all the time. Yeah. And she did say it. Mm -hmm. However, that was one of the – I'll make it myself. I did not respond to it. Yeah. And um, I think I responded to something else at that point. Um, I heard it. Yeah. And typically – what I will say when they say, well, God will just forgive me, I'll talk about, um, well, are you truly asking his forgiveness? Right. If what you're saying is, I'm going to disregard what he says, and I'm going to do it anyway. Is yeah. that asking forgiveness, or is that asking permission to sin? Right. You know, I, sometimes I will kind of ignore those statements, because what I don't want to get into, and again, you got to be led by the Holy Spirit, and you got to read the situation best you can, but I don't want to get into a back and forth theologically. I don't want to have to give an apologetic for forgiveness and all this other stuff. We can talk about that at some point, but in front of the abortion center, when that baby's about to die, I'm not going to get in some scriptural argument about forgiveness and all this other stuff with right. a mom that's mm-hmm. going in to kill her child if I don't think that conversation is going to be productive. I think, um, and that's a really good point, is when do you jump on those statements? And I think when it is the major thing they're counting on yeah. they're banking on god's forgiveness yeah you need to address Absolutely. it yeah. but it wasn't with maddie and that might have been why my instincts were not to jump on it at because with maddie there were some other pretty significant things she was bringing yeah. up and i think forgiveness was one of the rationalizations but i don't think it was what was um the the thing that was allowing her to go forth right. with yeah. with the abortion yeah absolutely and i think again bringing to view that child, mm-hmm. and I might give an analogy or something like that if a woman says, well, God will forgive me. Yeah. And I might give the analogy, especially if I'm already kind of set that stage for, well, God loved you and knew you before you were born. And he also loves and knows your child before they are born, your yeah. child that you carry right now. And so I might say something like, if someone came up and just killed you mm-hmm. and they said, well, God will forgive me. Would, would that be okay? Is God just going to forgive that? Is God okay with that? Mm-hmm. Because, again, you're talking about killing a person and then using forgiveness as a justification to do that. Right. God is a forgiving God for those who repent, but those that do what I just described to you are not really repentant. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then we we the conversation spent a good bit of time. Uh, talking about God, yeah. then in the in the middle of of this session with Maddie, um, at some just asking what she believed was Jesus Lord, what it means if Jesus is Lord, and then what would God have you do? And that question almost always is responded to exactly how Maddie responded with a pause, yeah, a kind of a deep sigh, and um, and then well. He wouldn't have me kill my baby. Yeah. Almost always, I've I don't know if I've ever had someone say, "God would would have me go forth and kill my baby." They'll say, "Well, God might forgive me," or "God will understand," but they know God would never say, "Go kill your baby." Yeah. So I th- of all the questions I ask, honestly, that to me is one of the most fruitful and one of the most Im- most important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again. 
bringing God into the conversation. What would he have you to do? Not just what do you what do you feel he's okay with you doing? Right. But if you directly heard from him, yeah. what would you hear? Yeah. Life or death? Yeah. And so bringing that question to the forefront of their mind is really really important. Yeah. I know you have here um examine the relationship with the father and I will bring that into the conversation where I'm talking about does the father of this baby know that you're here? Right. And what does he think? Yeah. Yeah. Because I do know that if the man will step up and say that he will support his child and this woman in keeping that baby, more often than not, she's going to choose to keep that child. Yeah. We had that happen just this week where there was a young man who was weeping. He came to us weeping, saying that he could um, he could not convince her. He didn't know what to say to her, but he did not want the baby to die. Yeah. And she was in there. And um, we told him exactly what you said. Um, uh, you know, we asked him, well, have you ever told her, I love you, I love that child, and I'll do whatever it takes to support you and that baby? And he said, well, no. Yeah. And I said, well, call her right now and tell her that. And she left. They, wow. She ended up leaving. Um, so uh, it, it is important to figure out what the father of the baby is thinking. And if the father of the baby is not supportive, which is like, you mentioned, and I think Maddie in our mock conversation said was the case if the father's not supportive, um, then you can continue to ask more questions. Um, and one of them that I often ask is if this person that you say you love is telling you that despite your deep concerns about killing your own child, that he wants you to kill your child, is that a person that you really want to be with? Yeah. And they often say no. Right. And they often say that it makes them feel very bad. Yeah. That um that the father told them to kill their baby. And that is I think what I did with with Maddie, but asking directly if there's a conflict in your heart, sometimes we kind of avoid that. But I yeah. think sometimes direct questions, is there conflict? Are you feeling like you're not sure? That you want to kill your baby. That's an important question. Yeah. Because if there is conflict, then you can say, well, which voice do you think is is God speaking to you? Right. Which, which, part, which side of that conflict is coming from God and which do you think is coming from the enemy of your soul? Yeah. And help them identify um, the battle, yeah, the absolutely. spiritual battle that is, is raging in them. Yeah, and you're kind of, in that sense— Doing what God says, he says, I set before you this day life and death, yep. blessing and cursing. There, So you're kind of laying that out. Okay, yep. let's let's just be real. Yeah. Let's, let's boil this thing to, to, down to its most basic element. Yeah. God has set before you life and death. Right. Is there conflict in your heart between those two? Yeah. And if so, and there always is. Yes. Which one is the right thing to choose? That's right. Life or death? Yeah, because honestly, that's not how... They have framed the conflict. Of course. They have framed the conflict, life of the baby versus all this struggle I'm going to face. Yeah. As opposed to boiling it down to truly what is the root conflict, life of the baby versus death of the baby. Yeah. Obeying and following God versus rebelling and denying God's clear word. And when you boil it down to the root issue, then they have to really deal with what they are doing in terms of God yeah. and, and what God says. Absolutely. And that's and key. Then, yeah, that's key. And again, it gives it gives the Holy Spirit 
the ability to move. Like you're, right. I mean, he's already obviously already moving, but right. you want to give space for the Holy Spirit to speak to their hearts. Yeah, because you can say a lot of stuff. You can use a lot of good techniques and all of that. And, you know, we should employ good techniques. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is the one that has to convict them and convince them that what they're doing is wrong in killing their child and that they need to trust the Lord. Yeah. And so we've got to, again, make ourselves a conduit for the Holy Spirit to speak to them yeah. and give him space to speak to their hearts. And, uh, you know, I trust that as we do that, God's God's going to do something, right? Yeah. Yeah. It also helps you to remain calm through, and, and th- I think that is absolutely critical yeah. that you remain calm through the whole discussion, not frantic. If you are truly trusting, it's up to God. Yeah. Well, bottom line, it's up to God and the Holy Spirit and this woman, not me. I can yeah. do my best. I will do my best. Um, but uh, it's not up to me yeah. how it's going to end. It's right. up to God. That allows you, I think, to stay calm yeah. through the discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. Realizing that the results are up to the Lord. Right. That doesn't mean that we're just passive. Right. Right. We're, we're, we're not passive when we're trying to flag people down and get them to stop and yeah. talk with us. And we're not passive when we're speaking the truth of God. We're kind of like, we're, we're, we're actively surrendered to the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. actively acknowledging that it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work. Mm-hmm. We're just there to plant seeds. We're there to water seeds. But God gives the increase. Yeah. And that really does take the pressure off of us. It does. And so it I, I want to encourage you guys with that, especially you folks that are new and you're maybe feeling all this pressure of I want to say the right thing at the right time and, and all of this. Listen, the pressure's off. We've just yeah. got to be conduits for the Holy Spirit, make ourselves available. You're gonna mess up. Yep. You're gonna say things that you maybe shouldn't have said. You're gonna, I don't know, maybe forget to say things that you should have said or that's gonna happen. It happens okay. to, to me, it happens to you, yep. right, Vicky. There's things yeah. that you should have said, wish you would have said, or whatever. Yeah. You can never say everything perfectly. You can never say everything that needs to be said. You're just making yourselves available to the Holy Spirit and letting him speak through you and leaving the results up to the Lord. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And God yeah. can change their hearts. If they harden their hearts, that's between them and God. Right. And and something that um, I think new counselors are less hesitant to do, but is important is kind of give the final uh, course of action. And in the case of the discussion with Maddie, it was, all right, you know, we've talked about all these issues now. Are you ready? Will you go on the ultrasound and look at your baby's beating heart? Yeah. And and she said she would. Um, Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But but, uh, it's the same in sharing the gospel. Sometimes we're hesitant. We lay it all out there, and then we don't want to give an invitation because we're afraid we'll lose. They'll say no. Yeah. But um, if you don't give the invitation, they also can't say yes. Right. So um, that's true in sharing the gospel, I believe, and and it's true in a discussion with them. Give them the positive thing, invite them to the positive thing they need to do now. Can I set up an appointment right now for you for an ultrasound? Um, Can I sign you up for the mentorship program? Something that is, can I schedule, you know, a 3D ultrasound, which we actually provide here in Charlotte, but something that is the positive choice for life, at least a step away from the abortion center and into that positive choice is really important. Yeah. That's why it is powerful for us to be able to point directly to the RV and say, would you just go on board that RV right there? Would you go on board that mobile ultrasound unit and see your baby? Right. And uh, 
if you've got a pregnancy center, maybe you don't have uh, a mobile unit right there. Maybe there's a pregnancy center 10, 15 minutes down the road. That's that's another thing. Would you go? Would you just let me make you an appointment? I'll call them up right now. Or here's the directions. Go over there and just see them. Or like you said, maybe sealing up, you know, again, for lack of a better term, sealing the deal. Yeah. I'll seal the deal in prayer. Can I just pray for you? Yeah. Can I just pray yeah. for you? And then I'll be praying, not just right. for them. I'll be praying at them. Lord, help them to see the value of their baby. Help right. them to see that going inside of that place is not where you would have them to go. Yeah. And so there does come a point where you need to wrap up the conversation because yep. you can just go on endlessly and it goes nowhere. Um, and I think ultimately laying that choice between life and death out for them, mm-hmm. again, it's between them and the Lord. Uh, yeah. But it is helpful to have a place for them, an alternative for them to go to rather than going into the abortion center. Right. And that could yeah. be, let's say you don't have a pregnancy center. Let's say you don't have a mobile unit there. You don't really have a place to send them. Take them for coffee. So would you be willing to just to turn around, just follow me up here to McDonald's and we'll have coffee? Yeah, you know, just, just get them just away get them from, away the from there. It could be that. Right. It could, you guys be creative. Some some thing yeah. to get them away from there Yeah, um, because we know that that place uh, has a just demonic draw to it, right? Yes. And this, it, they even like intentionally, the abortion centers um, will call these women who are maybe talking to you out in the road or whatever, and they're late for their appointment. Right. Um, and I've try had to that get them happen. To, yeah. Had that try happen. Try to get them to come on in. Mm-hmm. So getting them away from there, I think, is, is important. Right. Right. Um, and in terms of a long sharing of the gospel, almost never do I do that car side? Um, I will introduce the gospel, but in terms of a full sharing of the gospel, if they're willing to hear it and they're still they're still sounding abortion determined, then I will. But in Maddie's case, I I didn't. But I knew I was going to have time, yeah. you know, with with her on the RV, right? So, so let's look at some of the things real quick as okay. we're sort of wrapping up this episode mm-hmm. that you did right. We've done some critique. Right. Uh, just through this so far. Um, but let's give some positive critique first, and then we'll do the negative critique. Which The positive is a much longer list, right? <laughs> um, actually, no. No, it is, actually. So no, the first I'm thing kidding. is um, the gentle tone. You know, we yeah. talked about being yeah. gentle and having a gentle tone. Daniel loves did to that. say the tone... Sets the tone. Yep. Your yep. tone will set the tone. That's right. So if you come across as like, you know, angry, demanding, accusatory, then the conversation is probably not going to go very far. Right. But yeah. if you have an inviting tone, if you have a gentle tone, mm-hmm. if you have an approachable tone, people are going to be more apt to engage with you in conversation. Yeah. Um, so you did present the three talking points that we talk about. You. Went through right. those as were woven through the whole conversation. Right, which God resources humanity of the baby. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, you brought God into the discussion. Mm-hmm. Who can help but bring the Lord into right. the discussion, right? Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately, yeah. he's the one they're accountable to, and he's the one that made that baby, and he's he's the reason why we're out there ourselves, right? Yeah. Even if they're atheists. Yeah. We always do try to weave God into the discussion. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. um, where I've said basically— if you ask me not to talk about God, mm-hmm. it's going to be an impossibility for me mm-hmm. because I love him. He's right? the reason I'm here. He's the reason I'm out there, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. So if I do have an atheist um, that I'm talking to yeah. and they say, can you just not talk about religion, talk about God, I'll say, you know, 
my, my response normally is I'll do the best I can not to just kind of I'm not trying to ram religion down your throat. Right. But listen, I love the Lord. I believe yeah. in him. He loves you. I'm going to have a hard time not talking about him. He's yeah. like the reason I'm here. And that says volumes right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm not just trying to be purposefully offensive when they say don't talk about God. Just, you know, (laughs) start intentionally just quoting scripture to him or something like that. But it's not like I can help it. Right. Right. I'm going to quote scripture. I'm going to talk about the Lord. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you did that. Awesome. And you ask some questions. Yeah. You got to ask questions. Right. And, again, Listening for the answers and all that, engaging. This is this is supposed to be a conversation, yeah, a discussion, a dialogue. And you're again, you're you're relationship building. You're trying to build trust with them. You're trying to tear down those walls. You're trying to bring uh, the Lord into the equation. But God, God uses people, right? Yeah. And so you're trying to make yourself a person that God is using in that discussion, and. Uh, you know, look at Jesus. Look at, right. at the life of Jesus. He asks questions, right? He's engaging in dialogue. He asked questions and told stories. That was Jesus's main way yeah. of of convicting people. He would ask questions and tell the parables. So we should use that. That he's our model. So yeah. when we can, we should use those those techniques. Yeah, yeah. And then just as uh, by the way of some maybe. Negative criticism, I don't know. Critique. We, critique. critique. Ways yeah. that we can improve. Yeah. Right. Um, you never asked her name. Right. I knew We already name, talked though. about that, but you knew it already, <laughs> right? And we already talked about that. Right. Sometimes yeah. you do, sometimes you don't. Right. Um, and you didn't really focus on the God will forgive me thing, which we've already talked about that, right. too. Sometimes, again, you focus on that. Sometimes you need to focus on that. Yeah. And sometimes you just... Again, we're not out there to have some back-and-forth theological discussion with a woman going into the abortion center. We're out there to try to convince her not to kill her child, not to talk about all the other theological things. I mean, I've had conversations with women in front of the abortion center and and to a fault, Mm because really I should not have taken the bait, Mm -hmm. where they're talking about uh, the doctrine of once saved, always saved, or something like that. And they want to go about how, you know— because they were saved when they were eight years old, they're a Christian and they can never lose their salvation. So they, they can go kill their baby. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and so I've fallen into the trap of wanting to explain certain, here's what the scripture actually says, and here's what the Bible says, and trying to tear down that false understanding of salvation and all of that. Yeah. Um, and it really went nowhere because yeah. all they're wanting to do is argue. And yeah. so the best thing to do when you perceive that they're just wanting to argue with you is just ignore that and continue in with really why they're there. They're there to take the life of their baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, beyond that, I don't really have a lot of other criticism. I thought the conversation went excellently. I feel like we need to do more of those sort of things, those mock sessions. I really think they are equipping for people. And again, me just listening through it myself, I was, I was like encouraged and impacted. I'm like, man, this is, this is really equipping. For yeah, people. I I agree. I think that role playing and for all of you, if you're new out there, just getting a friend to sit and do a similar sort of thing and tell them, be tough on me, have them throw. I told Maddie, don't be tough on me. I'm going to be filmed. <laughs> but um, but if, if you can get someone who's who is a, at least a little bit knowledgeable about yeah. what what you might face and having them really give you the tough responses, if you've practiced it, it is helpful. The Holy yeah. Spirit will take over in the real situation. And sometimes, like I, I know I've told this story before, where um, the first person I counseled, 
uh, when when she came over to talk with me, I I had just no experience. I had no idea what to say, and I all I did was hold out a little baby model and started crying. Yeah, and that woman chose life. So just know that um, you you will be the Holy Spirit is there right with you, but yeah. it does help if you can be prepared. It does help yeah. your confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope this was a blessing to you, and uh, we do encourage you to reach out to us. Reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach out to her, Vicki, at lovelife.org. If you have suggestions for future podcast episodes, we'd love to, to cover those uh, those subjects if we feel like they would be a blessing. As we said in the beginning of this, please share this podcast with others. And with that, we hope you have a blessed day. God bless. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you